Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, we are feeling good. I'm doing great. One question, one question only. How are you feeling? Well, I feel good and I'm doing well. You should be doing well. It's a Thursday, Thursday here on the DA Show. Andrew Bogish in for DA. Ryan Botcher is in for Pete the Body Bilotti, who does make a triumphant return for tomorrow's show. Kevin Wall will finish the week of five for five for him as the producer. Peter Schwartz on headlines today. Kassert is back tomorrow. It's a big week. It's been a busy week. My thanks again to all you guys for helping get me through it and to you guys for listening at home uh, and the kind toasts and whatnot. We see them all. We appreciate them all. And we are honored to be here, but also very happy that things are going back to normal-ish. When we get to Monday. But there's still five hours of show for our shenanigans before that happens. And in this final hour, we'll talk NBA basketball with Gerald Brown, Sirius XM, NBA Radio. James Harden versus Daryl Morey continues. Uh, I think we've been, it's been a while now since any real significant Damian Lillard update. People are in love with Anthony Edwards as he continues to shine for Team USA at the FIBA World Cup, which begins for real, I believe, Saturday. I'm off on the time of all this because it's much like the World Cup where it's really far off from Eastern time as they're playing in kind of Southeast Asia. Uh, But people are loving what Anthony Edwards has been doing for that team, so we'll get into all of that with Gerald later this hour. Of course, in the final hour, there's an epic fail. There's advanced analytics. Today's poll question, by the way, at CBS Sports Radio, coming off, I mean, the near-death experience that uh, Billy Jacqueline went through out in the newsroom, stuck between two arguing giants. We are asking you on this Thursday morning, at what age should people stop arguing about jerseys? Again, a very specific question. And you've got four answers on this Thursday, 18 to 29 or 30 to 50. So I guess once you pass 50, you might as well just not stop. Just keep going. Never is also a choice or jersey arguments are dumb. So get your votes in at CBS Sports Radio. The results, advanced analytics, as always, to close out the show. But now it's time to continue our college football preview. The USC Trojans, number six in America in the preseason polls, in our crosshairs this morning. They are led by their very successful and very innovative head coach in Lincoln Riley and the quarterback that followed him from Oklahoma in Caleb Williams, who was so good last year. He won the Heisman. Can he win it again this year? Can they do better than their breakthrough return campaign a year ago? 
all questions we have for Pete Arbogast, the voice of the Trojans, right now in Sounds of Saturday. The DA Show counts down the days until the electricity of college football season returns with the game's greatest voices. It is tipped off, and Lewis got it on the reflection. Lewis is going to score! Lewis is going to score! Lewis is going to score! Touchdown, Auburn! Touchdown, Auburn! Got a block for Brown! 50, 10, 5, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown! Dogs win it! We're headed to Atlanta! Touchdown, Boston College! He did it! He did it! Cody did it! All the the Bears have won! Oh my God! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. It's the sounds of Saturday every morning on CBS Sports Radio. He's gonna throw it long. Does caught by Anderson at the twenty. Stays on her feet. He'll go all the way. One play, seventy-five yards. Touchdown, USC. Jordan Anderson. So here we go with USC football, and the voice of the Trojans joins us here on this Thursday morning. It is PR Begas. Pete, thank you so much for being with us. And I got to say, uh, we've talked to a lot of gentlemen this month and a few more still to come next week. But all things considered, team, history, tradition, city, success, uh, you might have the best job of the bunch that we've talked to this summer. Well, I have always thought so, but it's a job that I wanted when I was like nine years old. So um, <laughs> I, I consider myself quite lucky most years, not every year, but most years. And I'll be honest that you are not the first person this month to say that, that this, that you have your dream job and not just to be calling college football, but to be calling it at a particular school. There's a lot of you guys who have made your dreams come true. It's really weird sometimes how that works. Uh, I had my eyes on it literally when I before I turned ten. Uh, my dad brought home a record album. Remember those? Um, <laughs> an old vinyl album uh, of the nineteen sixty four USC season, which wasn't a great season. They I think they went six and four, uh, but they beat Notre Dame, uh, which was the number one team in the country at the end of the season, and I was there. Uh, and kind of by myself because my dad was sitting in the press box and I was I was down in the seats, uh, and I remember the sound waving over me uh, and the excitement of the moment when SC won the game right at the end of the contest, and then to listen to it on a record album and and remember what it was like, and I you know I wore that thing out, and after I listened to it the seven hundredth time, I said to my dad, "Can I do that? Do you think I could do that?" How old is this guy that's doing it, Tom Kelly? And he said, well, I think he's about 45, so it'll probably be just about right when you get to be 30, 35, 40 years old. So he, we, we kind of aimed at that. I mean, it wasn't much him, mostly me, but uh, I had my eyes on that the whole time, the whole time. Well, that's that's amazing. And I, I share that. I mean, this has been – I love radio. I love calling games. Uh, the more I can do, the better. It's an amazing job, and I'm very jealous of you guys who do have a game every Saturday. Well, we are sick men, that's for sure. <laughs> um, as you were getting this job and working your way into it, was it tough to find the sweet spot of being a fan, living your dream, and being a professional announcer, so to speak? Mm, I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm a homer. Uh, yeah. There's no question about it. Uh, but I'll give you a clear and concise and factual accounting of what's going on. Uh, I want my team to win. It's much more fun when they do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, 
I, I am a fan and an historian as well at the same time. Um, but I but I pride myself on being a pretty good broadcaster and working hard at being really good at it. Uh, it, it early on, and when I got the job in '89, uh, it took me a few years to not be channeling my predecessor. I mentioned him, Tom Kelly, or Dick Enberg, or Chick Hearn, or Vin Scully, or Bob Miller, any of the greats in Los Angeles. It, it took some time not to try to put all of them into me. And it was Vinny who actually I had lunch with one day because I was also at the same time the public address announcer at Dodger Stadium. And, and I and he asked me how it's going, and I told him, and I said, but I I don't feel comfortable. I, I don't know who I am. And he said, be, be yourself because you're the best you there is. Uh, you're the only you there is. And, and I and I took that to heart, and I and I – I throw in a little, you know, personal comments and so on. But uh, now, now I'm me, and I do pay homage to those guys from time to time by using phrases or even talking about them on the air. Well, as a Fordham product, I'm very thankful for the the Vince Scully mention. Those are the best. Sure. Well, yeah, he's he was awesome. He was a nice guy. What a nice guy. Never mind broadcaster. Just a nice guy. So let's get to the Trojans, I guess, with a couple of months now to kind of weed through all of last season. What was the most impressive thing in your mind now in retrospective of year one for Lincoln, Lincoln Riley? Well, they were able to do anything uh, because, hmm. you know, and it's it's the transfer portal, to be quite honest with you. Uh, because if you look at schools around the country and you say, oh, they just changed coaching staffs and they lost a bunch of guys and they got a bunch of new guys and their schedule's tough, you know they're going to have a tough year. Um, and SC really didn't have a tough year, really tough year. They weren't very good on defense, but they were so good on offense that they just outscore you most of the time. Uh, they won some games that were really close, that, that were high-scoring games. They lost a couple at the end there that uh, they let get away. Um I was impressed that they didn't stink or, or at least <laughs> not be great. They did. Right. They, at least they, I thought they wouldn't be great. I thought they'd be pretty good and they were better than pretty good. Are people giggling on campus as folks around the country pick other quarterbacks or other possible Heisman winners other than, than Caleb? Well, I I've had conversations with friends of mine in the business and we are all of the same ilk that that we don't believe there's any possible way uh shy of 100 touchdown passes and 10,000 yards passing in a single season that, that Caleb Williams wins the second Heisman trophy in a row it just doesn't happen and and it, it may be because of what you know midwestern and southern backlash voting whatever it is uh it, unless he's just ridiculously fantastic and they run the table in the regular season it, it, it seems unlikely, and it also seems unimportant, really. Yeah, uh, I mean, we Archie Griffin shouldn't have won. Anthony Davis should have won that second year. And if if people would have waited until after that '74 Notre Dame game, he probably would have, and we probably still wouldn't have a two-time winner. Uh, we always thought OJ should have won it twice instead of Gary Beban at UCLA back in the '60s. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> uh, I. He, he, Caleb's really good, really, 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 really good. Best quarterback I've ever seen at SC. Um, and he surrounded, they've surrounded him with good offensive linemen and great skill guys. And 
All they got to do now is tackle better. And if they do that, they'll, they they got a good chance to win a lot of games. Yeah, we'll get to the defense in a second. But as far as, as the offense goes, is the goal to match what they did last year? Or do they think they can exceed all of that production? Well, don't think about it, I think, is really important. Don't think about it. Just go out and play as well as you can today uh, and let, let that kind of stuff take. It's really true. You know, you hear that all the time from coaches. And, and it's really true because if you try to match what you did last year, that's that's fool's gold. So just go out and beat San Jose State, and then go beat Nevada, and then go beat Stanford, and you know do do good, do good every week, do as good as you can every week, and then the last six games of the season, let's see what happens. Uh, thank you for reminding me of San Jose State. I think you're the first guy this week to join us on actual game week. You've got a game in a little more than forty eight hours. Where are you prep wise this close to kickoff? Um. Let's see. <laughs> I'm uh, I, I'd say uh, sixty-five to seventy percent. Okay. First games are horrible, as you know, because uh, first of all, you haven't said football words in in forever, so you always you got to dust off. You, I feel like the Tin Man on opening day. I need an oil can uh, <laughs> just to get get loose. Um, I, 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 and I, I'm uncomfortable. I'm really uncomfortable because the media is not allowed to view practice at SC, including me. And so at all. I, you can go in and watch stretching and the first team drill, which means you can watch wide receivers practicing against other wide receivers, et cetera. And then they kick you out and then they let you back in at the end to, to interview players. Haven't seen a play. So the first play I see is the first play you see this Saturday. And, and so, uh, take it easy, you know, keep it simple, stupid. It's, it's my, my motto for game one, usually all the time. And especially now, because I don't know anything, uh, you can't watch last year's film and you can't watch last year's San Jose state film. So we're just going in blind and, and we're, I'm going to go in and have a good time. Uh, this is Pete Arbogast, the voice of the USC Trojans with us here on CBS Sports Radio. So getting back to the team this year, you've already touched on the defense a little bit. The last two times we saw them, they were getting gashed on the ground in particular. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that's been priority number one through the transfer portal, through camp, to get that particular part of the defense right? Tackle somebody. Yeah. Uh, that'd be good. And and they probably will because I look at the, 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 the spotter board and the two deeps. Uh, and, and the depth chart shows me that there are some guys who started last year who are second string this year. This looks on paper to be a better defense than it was a year ago. How much do they need to be better? 25%? If they're 25% better numbers-wise on defense, uh, they'll probably uh, be very, very difficult to beat, assuming that the offense does uh, what it has normally done. Remember last year... Uh, the offense didn't perform at high gear in every single game. They went up to Oregon State and laid an egg and had to get a touchdown with a minute left to to beat the Beavers, which, is, look, Oregon State's coming. Uh, Jonathan Smith's done a great job up there. We don't play them uh, anywhere. And they beat us two years ago at the Coliseum for the first time in 100 years. And then uh, and then they beat they almost beat us up there last year. So be a little better. Be a little better. And it looks like they are. It, it looks like the, the portal guys that came in are – Really good. I look across the board, and a lot of them are starting. Uh, Anthony Lucas, Bear Alexander, Keon Bars, Mason Cobb, uh, guys that we haven't called before but have played appreciable football at other schools. And uh, this kid, Tackett Curtis, a true freshman, is the you know the second coming of 
of the Lord. Uh, <laughs> apparently, he's uh, he's going to be something special. Uh, they 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 say they remind him of uh, Brian Cushing when he was a kid at SC, and that's uh, that's some high praise for sure. So, you know, be better, tackle better, wrap up better, learn the scheme better, whatever it takes, get to the ball. Um, you know, we won't be fooled again. They were maybe the best thing they did last year was take the ball away. Is that a repeatable thing? Is that one of those numbers that kind of goes back to the mean year and year over year? Well, again, you better not think of it too much. You just yeah. let it happen organically. Uh, you know, and if you get a couple here and there, that's great. But plus 21 was that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and, and having 19 interceptions, they had three pick sixes in one game last year at the beginning of the season. I'm not expecting it. It wouldn't shock me. You know, that's that's a great number in college football and any football. Don't turn the ball over and, and make them spit it out a few times. And it, it matters where they do it too. Um I don't I don't it's another thing you can't think about. You just gotta make it happen. Uh you've mentioned the portal more than once. There's a lot of talent that's brand new on campus. Is it as easy as it appears for these guys to just walk around the country and pick who they want for the spots that they want and all of a sudden they're Trojans? I haven't talked to the coaches about this much, but I do remember, and I think it's like this. That's why I bring it up. I remember talking to Pete Carroll and Ed Orgeron uh, mid to late in in their run and uh, how difficult it was, we talked about, how difficult it was when they first got there to recruit and how they had to bang down doors and drive to far-flung places. And, and I said, how is it now? And he said, we, we can't, the phone's ringing off the hook every single day. We can't answer the phone. It's so busy. And, and I get the feeling, and of course, there was no portal then, but yeah. I get the feeling that it's the same sort of thing. And you saw that maybe yes, yesterday or two days ago, uh, SC signed the number one prospect in the, the top 300 at, at quarterback for 2026. Right. <laughs> and five minutes later, the number one prospect in, in a run, I think it was a running back from Texas, called them and said, I'm coming. And they didn't even, they, they didn't even reach out to the guy. <laughs> so, yeah, it, uh, I'm sure it's like that at Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia. Right. I'm sure there's a ton of schools that they don't even, that, that recruiting is easier here than it might be somewhere else. I'm glad you mentioned it. I guess his name is Julian Lewis, right? And when I saw 2026, I had to do the math and try to figure out exactly how old that makes him today. You got to be 15, right? 16? I think so. I think he's, is he a high school freshman? Can, can you commit as a freshman to a, to college football? And Davis Mills was eighth grader. I think when Kiffin offered him and he turned out to be pretty good. He's he playing to the pros, uh, it offers and commitments. Yeah. Commitment is a, is a word that's foreign these days. Uh, none of that means anything until you sign the letter. And even then, you're only good for a year. You, you can transfer out in the portal any any old time you want. It's a it's a new era. It's a yeah. it's a free for all. Uh, last question on a personal note: as a USC, as a Pac-12 lifer, what are you feeling as the as the conference kind of fades away? Well, there's there's two things. I, it seemed ridiculous to share money equally with schools that aren't as good as you athletically. Uh, so they, they probably made the right decision for financial reasons. For me personally, look, I've got, let's say, let's call it 10 years left in my career. Uh, I get to go and see teams I've never seen in places I've never been. 
which makes me very happy. I like to collect stadiums and experiences. I I feel, and it's not I'm not the first one to bring it up that eventually this will be a super conference type of thing where there'll be forty, maybe even sixty schools that will break away from the NCAA and and form their own union, if not in everything in football only at least. Um, and play only each other and have their own playoffs and all that good stuff. Uh, give me two teams on the field. One of them is mine. I'm in the booth. I get to call the game. Our fans love USC football. They'll listen. They'll watch the games. They'll come to the games. It doesn't matter. If you're playing, if you're playing Florida or if you're playing San Jose State, they're going to show up. They're going to have a good time. Pete, this was an honor. It was a blast. Thank you so much for making time on a game week for us. Uh, safe travels this year. Hope we can talk to you during the, during the campaign. Hope so, too. Enjoy the season. I can't wait to get started. Yeah, us, too. And again, there are games very, very soon. That Notre Dame-Navy game in Ireland is Saturday. This game's at night. I wanted to point this out. Not that you need any new evidence of how bad the Pac-12 network setup was. USC, number six in the preseason poll. Heisman winner from last year, front runner from the, for this year, Caleb Williams. Their opener at home on Saturdays on Pac-12 Network against San Jose State. It's on Pac-12 Network. Who's going to see that game? Who's going to see number six USC debut against anybody? What's on ESPN Saturday night? UMass and New Mexico State. You might have even known that those two schools played football. But they do, and they're going to be on ESPN, and they're going to have more people by accident to watch them than they can actually want to watch but can't USC and San Jose State because of the Pac-12 network. Full disclosure, I talked to Pete yesterday afternoon via Zoom. You could maybe tell the difference in the audio quality. I wasn't lying how jealous of his particular, it might be the best job in the biz. He did that sitting on what looked like a very nice outdoor or open-air porch at his home in California in a Hawaiian shirt, just having a great afternoon. I mean, that's the life, man. That's the life. We need a timeout on the other side. One last batch of headlines from Peter Schwartz, and then after that, some NBA conversation with Gerald Brown from SiriusXM NBA Radio. That's next on CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And in just a few seconds, the DA Show is joined by our good buddy Gerald Brown from Sirius XM NBA Radio. So right now, you get headlines. Here's Peter Schwartz. All right, Bogues, $500 million contract in free agency, certainly now up in the air for Angels two-way star Shohei Otani. Otani leaving the first game of yesterday's doubleheader against the Reds in the second inning after recording four outs and throwing just 26 pitches. Last night, Angels GM Perry Manassian delivering some bad news. Shohei... Left the game today. Um, we did imaging in between games. He does have a tear, uh, you know, and he won't pitch the rest of the year. So we're going to get a second opinion, go from there, but it's basically day to day. Obviously, he hit. So, um, you know, that's, that's where we're at. It's a tear of the UCL in his right elbow. Manassian saying this is unfortunate news. Obviously, disappointing news. I felt terrible for him. Um, you know, but you know, it is what it is, and you know, if anybody can bounce back, it's him. Otani was the DH in Game Two, went one for five. The Angels swept in the doubleheader by the Reds, nine to four, seven to three. Otani with his 44th home run of the season in the first game, and also injury news for the Angels: Mike Trout going back on the injured list. Elsewhere in baseball, yesterday, yeah, the Red Sox over the Astros, seven to five. The Braves, they beat the. Mets by a score of seven to nothing in Milwaukee. Brewers and Twins went extra inning. The two-two pitch, chopped softly towards third. This is a tough play. Charging Lewis jumps, throws on the run. It's not in time. Brewers win. Bryce Terang put the ball in play. He hit it softly to third, and he beats out a walk-off infield single. Eight, seven, Milwaukee completes the sweep in the 10th. That was the call on Brewers Radio. You had the Yankees over the Nationals 9-1. Aaron Judge, first ever three-home run game of his career, and the Yankees snap a nine-game losing streak. The Pirates lose to the Cardinals 6-4. In 10, the White Sox over the Mariners 5-4. You had the Cubs beat the Tigers 6-4. The Dodgers were leading the Guardians 3-1 after two innings. When that game was suspended because of rain, they'll pick it up today at 12-10. Eastern time. Now to football. Niners head coach Kyle Shanahan announcing Sam Darnold beat out Trey Lance for the number two quarterback job. Starting back from OTAs all the way to now. I mean, it was a hell of a battle. They, they were neck and neck for a long time, but just really over these last, you know, 10 days and stuff, we, we felt Sam started to separate himself. Um, we felt he did it in practice consistently, and um, he's been getting better each day. And the Niners will reportedly explore trade options for Lance. Jets wide receiver Corey Davis announcing he is stepping away from football, college football, LSU defensive tackle Mason Smith reportedly will miss the September 3rd season opener against Florida State as a result of a one-game suspension. The NCAA reportedly ruled him ineligible because he received an improper benefit from an autograph signing before NIL began in July 2021. And finally, from soccer in the U.S. Open Cup semifinals, Lionel Messi does it again. Inter-Miami 
defeating Cincinnati on penalty kicks after a 3-3 tie. Through extra time, Miami was down 2-0 in the second half, and Messi delivering two assists to get the game tied, and he would also score a goal in PKs, folks. Uh, that game kept me up uh, half an hour longer than I wanted to. I can't... I- watching soccer on a Wednesday night because it's messy and he was doing ridiculous things. And he's been doing all this in in <laughs> tournaments. Right. So he's done it in the U.S. Open Cup, the, yeah, uh, the, League's, the Cup. League's Cup. He's actually has not played a real MLS match <laughs> until this Saturday when he is scheduled to play against the uh, Red Bulls in New Jersey. Yeah. And there's been some discussion of giving him a rest. Could you imagine if you yeah. bought a ticket <laughs> for that game Saturday night, especially yep. here in the New York, New Jersey area? Tickets are going for upwards of five, $600. You buy a ticket, and you imagine, even if he comes in as a second-half sub, you paid to see him play. Yeah, I know. It's almost like they have to make him skip home games because you're going to get more chances to see him there. If he needs to rest, it's got to be a home game. Uh, from soccer to basketball, the NBA is busy year-round now. We've got James Harden. We've got Damian Lillard. We've got actual basketball starting this weekend with the World Cup for Team USA. There's a lot to discuss with Gerald Brown, Sirius XM NBA Radio, and he's back on the show with us right now. Gerald, it's Andrew. How are you, man? Andrew, I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing really well. Thanks, as always, for making time uh, for us. Let's begin in Philly. Uh, Picking sides is weird. I don't know if there's a good side or a bad side in all of this, but are are you on Team Harden or Team Daryl Morey in this back and forth? I think I'm on the side of Team Philly fans. You know, Sixers fans, because... Uh, to go through this again and see how it potentially could be a distraction to their team and inevitably the success that they want to have. And, you know, it, it's a trickle-down effect from Harden to Morey to Nick Nurse to Joel Embiid, you name it. But at the end of the day, I, I'm on the side of the fans because um, this just isn't really making any sense when you look at it long-term and, and understanding at the end of the day, you know, perhaps James Harden is in his feelings and his emotions and not understanding that at the end of the day, didn't perform well enough to perhaps uh, uh, secure a, a long-term contract. And whatever he may have thought that Daryl uh, Morey may have told him, Daryl Morey doesn't sign the check. So I, I thought that was really interesting that his venom is pointed at Morey when Morey is also like him an employee yeah. for the Philadelphia 76ers. Why do you think he called Maury a liar? Was it about, I'll trade you quickly, or is it about the assumed, hey, leave us some money this year and next year we'll pay you big time, and then not doing it? Well, I think it might have been a combination of both, you know, in terms of that um, and, and, and just understanding that, look, at that point in time, maybe they tried to give they couldn't give James Harden a max deal or super max just based upon the fact of how, you know, he underperformed. And it would have been a travesty for him to be paid what he was thinking he should be paid and what he was looking for. And, and, and let me say that I'm all for players and all sports getting their money. But I think what we have to be mindful of the fact is that you have to earn it and play and, and perform. Um, so that could have been the case, but he didn't perform the next year. And things change. It's business. I don't think it's ever personal. And it seems like that James Harden made it personal. But uh, it, it just seems like all of the stuff that has been swept under the rug for years in their interaction with Morey and, and Harden came to light. And he had, you know, Kevin McHale speaking out about some things, how, you know, Morey turned a blind eye in Houston to his behavior and certain things. And now it spilled over into Philadelphia. So um, 
this has the potential to really, really be something that can uh, just be a, a, a total problem overall and truly, truly hurt the fan base in the long run. Yeah. In your in your estimation, how does this end? Because I, I, can't, I can't imagine James just shows up and is a good soldier. They're not going to trade him for anything. So how does this actually end for them? Yeah, I, I really don't know. I mean, obviously – you're not going to get anything as far as market value back for him because if you're an owner and GM, you know the consequences with him in terms of his behavior. So it's almost like Philadelphia is going to be desperate to move him. And I think that, uh, you know, they will try to – I think it's in their best interest to try to get this done nowhere near the start of training camp because it will be a circus for all parties included, if they have to deal with the constant questioning of James Harden, James Harden, if they allow this to linger into training camp, it would be a total, total distraction for this team. And like I said before, the longer this goes out, I mean, does this kind of give Joel Embiid the fuel and the desire to say, hey, look, I, I got to get out of the circus. Uh, yeah. There's too much going on here. So I think this ends as soon as possible and preferably for a team that's just maybe saying, hey, look, you know, the Sixers should take anything back at this juncture. Yeah, and as far as Embiid goes, there's at least one small line of thought that Daryl Moore is okay with all of this because he wouldn't mind trading Harden and Embiid and just starting over. Do you think that in any way is in Daryl's head right now? I think it wouldn't be a bad thing, and I think that at the end of the day, you know, um, look, we know how Philadelphia Sixer fans are passionate, and Philly fans in general for all sports down here associated with the city. You know, it, it, it might make sense to say, hey, look, you know, you have an MVP. They don't get out of the second round. They've been struggling so many other areas. You have a new coach that comes in there. Perhaps they press the reset button and try to say, okay, look, we can get draft picks. We can do all the necessary things and really try to start a process where, again, as perhaps maybe the Celtics uh, decline somewhat and, look, Milwaukee decides to move on, if Giannis moves on to Milwaukee, does this open up the door for another number two seed or somewhere, someone to be right back up there in that, uh, in, in, in that Eastern Conference? So it might be the time, and it might be have, you might have to look at this and say, you know what? You can buy, you could uh, sell low. I mean, buy high, sell low in the case with Embiid, and and really turn this thing around and really just say exactly it's the process didn't deliver what we thought it would. Gerald Brown of Sirius XM NBA Radio with us here on this Thursday morning on CBS Sports Radio. So from Harden to Damian Lillard, I feel like I haven't heard a concrete update on the situation in a while. What's new with with Dame and the Heat and the Blazers? Well, you know what? I think the, the, the words that are coming out and reportedly is that Dane has indicated that he will come to camp and he will be a participant in training camp if a deal is not in place. And I think that we are seeing two contrasts of how situations are being handled and, 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 and how, you know, in a sense you can't help but root and say, wow, you know, you, you, you have to like Jay, uh, Damian Lillard a little bit more because, he has not provided any distractions whatsoever, you know, and, and so many opportunities in the offseason to get in front of a mic, be a podcast or show, whatever, and said anything to desecrate and degrade the Portland Trailblazers. Um, you know, I, I, I think that both parties, they're, they're standing strong and in and, 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 and line with what they want. And 
I don't blame the, the, the Blazers organization to say that, you know what, hey, we, we want to trade them and make them happy, but we have to get something back in return. And if that's where Dane wants to go, well, it's upon Miami in this whole situation to give the best package available uh, in this situation. So I think the way that this is being handled and being done is very, very professional. And uh, it's one of those situations, Andrew, that if Damien has to go back to Portland, I think that it will not be any type of distraction whatsoever just based upon the way he has handled it so professionally. Gerald, there's been a lot of love for Anthony Edwards as Team USA preps for the the FIBA World Cup. What are we going to learn about him on this semi-big international stage? Well, I I think that it's clearly evident that he is taking the next step in his maturation process of becoming undoubtedly the the face and the the franchise player for the Minnesota Timberwolves. As we witnessed that last year in the playoffs and the playing tournament, and now seeing this growth and this production uh, in, in the FIFA World Cup uh, scrimmages and stuff, I, I think it sky's the limit that now you can see that, okay, the Wolves have a, a franchise player and they have a player that is going to be there for long term. And I think now the next step will be inevitably, okay, we're going to hitch our wagons to Anthony Edwards. Now we got to figure out who we're going to trade and who has the bills. Uh, trade assets or trade value, I should say, to acquire the most assets. And if that's either Rudy Gobert or Carl Anthony Towns, uh, that can happen. But I think the window of all three of those those guys being together is very, very limited. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how well they perform. But I wouldn't be surprised some way during the course of this season if well, one of those big guys are traded. All right. We began with me asking you Harden or Maury. We're going to finish with me going Magic or Steph, because I guess Steph says Steph, but then MJ this week said it's Magic. Where where do you fall on the best point guard of all time? Well, you, you know what's so interesting about this? And here's the interesting take on this, and I thought it was so fascinating. Michael Jordan has been criticized and ridiculed by a certain former uh, superstar and all-time great, with everybody saying that he was the second-best point guard behind Michael Jordan. I'm mean, excuse me, Magic Johnson. And yet Michael Jordan takes a little opportunity, perhaps, to throw a little jab in the way of Isaiah Thomas. And I thought that was really, really shrewd feelings uh, by Michael in terms of just saying that and indicating and anointing Steph Curry, now the number two point guard of all time behind Magic Johnson and further pushing Isaiah Thomas down. So I thought that was a very, very unique move by Michael and just seeing how he handles things and, again, how much that Isaiah said and nobody, Michael has never said anything. I thought that was very interesting to take sort of a little subtle jab at Isaiah Thomas. But, look, clearly – there's no way in the world that anybody could say Steph Curry, as great of a shooter he is, he's not on the level ever of Magic Johnson and what he has done in this league and the impact that he's had on this league. But uh, my takeaway from that was Magic uh, Michael just saying, you know what, touche, take this, Isaiah Thomas. MJ being, being vindictive, that's never happened before. <laughs> Gerald, in a very subtle way right uh gerald as always this is fun you're the best thanks so much man we'll talk to you again soon
My pleasure, likewise. Thanks again. Of course, Gerald Brown, Sirius XM, NBA Radio. Um, I, I didn't realize how heated the Magic Curry debate is, and this Jordan got involved unprompted because Steph called himself the best point guard of all time on the Gilbert Arenas podcast, which, P.S., now I think leads the NBA world in breaking news. Guys just sit down with Gil and just start saying things that make headlines. So Steph said he was the best point guard ever, and then it came up on ESPN, and Jordan texted Stephen A. Smith unprompted and just said, it's magic. And with all due respect to Steph, like this is not even a question. I, I wouldn't even think that I wouldn't even call Steph a point guard. He's a scorer. He's he's the best shooter of all time. Done. But you know, I looked it up. Magic averaged eleven assists per game. Steph's six and a half. Case is closed. Like is there are there actually two sides to this debate, or is it just Steph saying Steph and everybody else saying magic? Uh, but any way that Jordan can needle Isaiah, as Gerald points out, is always going to be amazing. All right, at the finish line, a timeout, epic fail, advanced analytics, and then we go home on a Thursday on CBS Sports A Radio. quick reminder that driving under the influence of marijuana is illegal, and law enforcement officers can tell if you were driving high. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI, paid for by NHTSA. Welcome back to the end of this Thursday edition of The Da here on CBS Sports Radio. Andrew Bogish in for DA. We're here again tomorrow with Kevin Wall, with Greg Caserta, with Pete the Body Bilotti, and maybe Billy Jacques I'm not sure if he has fully recovered yet from what befell him, I don't know, uh, 70, I'm bad with time, more than an hour ago. He seems to be okay, but I don't know. Today's epic fail when Billy saw that white light. Saw that white light. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. It's Andrew Bogish. It's Kevin Wall. It's Ryan Botcher. It is Billy Jacqueline. Sorry about that, Billy. Billy is free to come in whenever he wants. It's the Billy Jack show. But he's not necessarily making a personal call right now. He is hiding from a newsroom conversation that he does not want to be in. Normal- Hi, Andrew. Hey, Billy. How are you? You don't, you don't need to name names, Billy, but... It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. What the heck is going on outside that you are hiding in here? A conversation about uh, names on the back of Yankee jerseys. Excuse me. God, this is boring. Billy came in for personal safety and to warn Kevin and Ryan not to leave, to avoid getting caught in the shrapnel of a conversation involving two people. Do you like Dairy Queen? So Billy, once again, is coming to the rescue of this entire, an entire organization, saving himself and saving the rest of us from that hailstorm. I'm dying. I'm about to cough up a lung. One of... I mean, you can connect some dots here, right, people? One of the guys involved is wearing an Aaron Judge jersey, and it says Judge on the back. Wow! I'm probably on the side of the idea of you cannot have a Yankee jersey with a name on the back. You just can't. Are you kidding me? It should be a jailable offense. I should be slapped around. It was getting heated. I I looked outside the window, and they were yelling. Here's the thing. This is something that people in their early 20s or high school kids, we got two grown 50-year-old men arguing about this. 
And yes, the other person in the conversation is Schwartz. Ho, ho, ho. Sports Giants. It's exactly how it's everything that you can imagine right now. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. And that argument that almost killed Billy and maybe somebody else as an innocent victim led to today's poll question. At what age should you stop arguing about jerseys? 18 to 29, 30 to 50, never, or jersey arguments are dumb. And after 68 votes were cast, jersey arguments are dumb as a blanket response won by an almost three to one margin over never stop arguing about jerseys. So we really went one of two ways for the most part here is they're just dumb, never have them or always have them, but never have them gets the win here. Which brings us to advanced analytics. The first sports jerseys were made with cotton or wool fabrics before nylon and lycra came around in the 1930s. Traditional duels over arguments faded out in the 1870s here in the States. The Yankees are roughly 22% of the way to retiring jersey numbers up to 99. And, quote, jerseys should never be tucked in from Kevin Wall. That's true. They only get tucked into uniform pants, and you shouldn't be wearing the uniform pants as well. I mean, we got people wearing khakis with, their jerseys tucked in. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I saw oh, the khakis, yeah. but the George 99 jersey is in the khakis, is in the Dockers? It's in the khaki pants, and it's tucked in. I, I, can I almost feel like that's an HR violation? That we shouldn't have to be around that. All we need is uh, flip-flops or sandals with uh, socks on. Well, I said that to Wall in a break. The other day, you know what? In a trade, you probably take the Jurge jersey because the other day, the same person was talking to me about a serious topic in cargo shorts and Birkenstocks, and his feet should be covered at all times. So he is just, there's no safe space. There's just no safe space. All right. Only this, please. We're done Thankfully, for this Thursday, huge thanks to Pete Arbogast, the voice of USC football, and to Gerald Brown from Sirius XM NBA Radio. Tomorrow, FanDuel, Up and Adams, uh, Matt Hamilton's on the show, more on Otani, and everything else heading in. So there's preseason football tonight as well, so a lot to do on a summer Friday tomorrow. But for now, we're done. For Kevin, for Ryan, for Peter, for Billy, I'm Andrew. Have a great Thursday. The mothership disconnects. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.